So last weekend I was in Texas, which was awesome. So I got some barbecue, which was so good. Texas is dangerous, though. Um, after being there for a couple of days, all the restaurants give you free ice cream. I'm not even joking. And a lot of times it was soft serve. But like at this really cool place called Bean and Burger, well, they, where they have a free bean bar, which is like three different kinds of beans, and you can eat as much as you want. What? Who thought of that? Anyways, coolest thing. But then they actually had the barrels of ice cream that you hand scoop. So they don't have a uh, food safety place over there. But yeah, you get hand scoop. And, and, I, and Adam goes and gets them. I was like, Adam, I don't think you can do that. And so I asked the waitress, I was like, how much is your ice cream? She's like, you know, honey, it's free. You know, whatever she said. And so I got some ice cream. But anyway, it was amazing. Had the privilege of leading worship and also preaching um, for Pastor Adam. If you guys remember that guy, he's a stud, Pastor Adam in Canton, Texas. And um, it was pretty good. Uh, the church is called Canton Foursquare. I think they had 55 people that day, which was really exciting for them because I think when he started, they had around 12. So um, things were going really in the right direction. They had their divisional superintendent there that day and his wife and the supervisor of the Southwest region, which is like Oklahoma and and Texas and all that area there as well. And um, I'm not moving to Texas, uh, though they did ask. (laughs) But uh, Adam wanted you guys all to know how much he loves you and how grateful he is for you guys. Most of you know we have five life springers there. Do we have the picture of the uh, five life springers? There they are. So there's Adam peeking in the corner, and there's Micah, there's Rachel, there's Hope, there's Duncan. So that's actually at Hope and Duncan's place um, at Laterno University. We, we snuck over to Laterno and, and saw where they're living. And so we got five of them down there. And I was thinking about this. Um, just they're good. I, I, I don't know how else to say it. Just they're good. You know what I mean? Like they're the people, when you look at that picture, they ma- it makes you smile, doesn't it? It kind of makes you sad a little bit too, but it makes you smile. Um, when I preached, I, I was standing down there and all five of them were on the front row. Front row. Don't you know the people in the front row get the A's? Good job, Trevin. <laughs> um, in fact, I couldn't stand the people in the front row in college. I'm like, oh, you smart person. Anyways, <laughs> but let's be honest. I was in the back. <laughs> but there they were, front row. They're just quality people. I mean, I, I know them at a certain level, you know, and as their pastor. And so I know their ups and I know their downs, right? Um, but they're good. They're good. And today we're talking about goodness, but especially the goodness that comes from God comes from the Holy Spirit. And, and I would say as you look at that picture, that's Exhibit A, isn't it? That's Exhibit A. Good people. And I just encourage you as you think about those five, pray for them. When I hugged them, I hugged them a little bit longer because I really love them. But they're quality people. And God's goodness is on display. And we're talking about goodness because we're continuing our love, our Sun Ripen series. I've enjoyed this series. And we were on love and then joy, peace, Patience, Pastor Pete, <laughs> I guess I shouldn't call him Pastor Pete yet, but he, he really, I mean, he's just amazing. He preached on kindness and then today, goodness. If you've missed any of the Sundays, the idea is that we grow in the Lord, right? We're ripened in the Lord. We mature in the Lord. By the Holy Spirit, we become more like Jesus. This is really good. And I still think about all the areas that I need to be worked on and praise the Lord that he will. He's faithful to complete the good work that he started 
in Christ Jesus. And I hope that as we've done this series that the Lord has reminded all of us how important the Holy Spirit is to living the life that God has called us to live. If you're trying to live the life that God has called you to live, being a Christian without the Holy Spirit, um, it will not go well. He, he has to be a priority in our lives. You have to. I, again, that, those five people in, in Texas, think about it. They are, they are living these radical, faith-filled lives for God. Radical. Radical decisions they've made. And it's only possible by the Holy Spirit. And so for any of us, including them, to live the life that God has called us to live. We must every day depend on the Spirit. And that's what we've been talking about over the past several weeks. And more and more as this world gets just crazier and crazier, you're really going to need the Holy Spirit to lead you and to guide you. You need that daily dependence upon His Spirit. You need that daily feeling of His Spirit. So we're going to jump into that. But before we do, let's just pray. God, Your Spirit's here. I, I just thank You for that. I thank You that... There's such a presence uh, here, Lord. Um, you're ministering to us. And uh, I'm just thankful for that. I'm so thankful that we get to be in a place this morning where your spirit is real and you speak to us. And, and speak to our hearts this morning. In your name I pray. Amen. So if you have your Bibles, open up your Bibles or your tablets or phones or whatever you got. We're going to be in uh, Galatians 5. What a shocker there. <laughs> And we're going to be in verse 13 to 26. What do you know? (laughs) Same passage every week. Anyone memorize it yet? (laughs) That would be cool. If you memorize it, totally get two points. That would be awesome. But I mean, this this passage, I I know we've read it every week and just keep on reading it again and again and again. But it is a roadmap to living the abundant life. Man, did I do something wrong or something? Like all these people leaving me. Yikes. Like, jeez. Galatians 5, verse 13. For you have been called to live in freedom. Mm. (laughs) That's so funny. I, I could preach on this for a year. This is amazing. For you have been called to live in freedom. My brothers and sisters, but don't use that freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use the freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. But if you are always biting and devouring one another, watch out. Beware of destroying one another. Hmm. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you're not under obligation to the law of Moses. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life, they will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Let's say it together. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. 
There's no law against these things. Those who belong to Jesus Christ have nailed the passions. I love this. Those who belong to Jesus Christ have nailed the passions and the desires of their sinful nature to the cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. Hmm. And today we're talking about goodness. And again, it's a goodness that comes from God Himself by His Holy Spirit so that when we are living by the Spirit, listen to this, so that when we are living by the Spirit, hopefully we're all living by the Spirit, that God's goodness is on display in us. You know, I took that picture of, of those in five in Texas and I said how good they look and how good they are. I could say that to be true of you as well. If I took a picture of you, I could say God's goodness is on display. And, and I get that that's a bold statement, but it's a true statement because you are spirit-filled followers of Jesus Christ. You are good because God is good and He resides in you. And that's important. You've got to understand there is no goodness in us outside of God. The Bible is clear in this. Romans 7, 18, it says, For I know that good itself does not dwell in me. That is in my sinful nature. So nothing's good in my sinful nature. Like who I am outside of Christ. There's no good in me. But Galatians 5.24 tells us that those who belong in Christ, so outside of Christ, now in Christ, we have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to the cross and crucified them there. So we don't live by the sinful nature. We live by the Spirit. And by the Spirit, we can actually display goodness. And again, with this fruit and fruit growing and fruit producing, the goodness of God is something that can grow within us. I want to encourage you. Like, don't come in here condemned. Like, be encouraged that the Spirit is working in your life and that can grow. Some of our track records are pretty tough and are pretty just awful. Just the things that we say, the things that we do. But if you're here this morning as a Christian, just relax and know that God is here and His goodness is here and His goodness wants to flow through you. Uh, it's, it's truly from God. Just remember, like sometimes we muscle it up, you know, muscle up the goodness. Just relax. Just boom, stop. <laughs> just allow God to speak to you and flow in you and flow through you. He's the source of everything that's good. James 1.17, he says, Every good thing bestowed and every perfect gift is from above. Every good thing coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. God is good. Every good thing comes from God. So the good I display in my life, it comes from God who is good all the time. Now your secular friends would debate this, wouldn't they? They, they might argue where this goodness comes from. I've had a lot of those conversations. But we as Christians, we've got to understand this. We've got to get our feet securely in the knowledge that all goodness comes from God. Psalm 16, I said to the Lord, Thou art my Lord. I have no good. Everybody say no good. I have no good but Thee. Matthew 19, these are the words of Jesus. Jesus is saying this. And behold, one came to Him and said, Teacher, what good thing shall I do that I may obtain eternal life? And He said to him, why are you asking me about what is good? There is only one who is good. But if you wish to enter into life, keep the commandments. God is good. This means everything that flows from God is good. You can wrestle with that one a little bit. But God's holiness is good. God's righteousness is good. God's justice is good. God 
is good in his entirety. There's nothing about God which is not good. There is nothing God purposes for his children that is not good. God gives his children only things that are good. He withholds nothing good from us. God is good. He's at work at our lives for good. Nothing which God creates, nothing which God accomplishes is not Good. Romans 8, 28. Uh, if you are on Twitter, Tim Tebow tweeted this passage right after he got cut from the Eagles. He thought maybe he'd make the team be third third string quarterback. Instead, he gets cut and he puts on Romans 8, 28. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. This means if I go to the doctor with a tumor and everybody's praying for me and I come back and I tell you that the tumor isn't cancer, everybody can say God is good. Absolutely. Praise the Lord. But if I came back and the tumor was cancer, your expression would be the same. God is good. God is good. Ray Wright visited him in hospice a couple of days ago. You can be praying for Ray. He's, he's just unresponsive at this, at this time. So. But don't you know he can hear you? And so what did we do? We read a lot of scripture. We sang a lot of worship songs. I told him how proud I was of him. I kissed him. I you know, did all the things just to, just to tell him how much we love him. And in that situation, even I think Jeremy was there, Randy was there, we just said, God, you are good. God, you are so good. God, you are good. We've got to think biblically about the goodness of God. God is always good in prosperity and in pain and health and sickness. God is good. You really see the goodness of God in the gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel is called the good news. Did you know that? It's called the good news. When the angels, they, they said, you know, we have, we have come to bring you great news or good news of great joy. Good news. It's the good news because we are all sinners deserving God's judgment, guilty in our sin. Now, that's bad news. <laughs> but the good news is that in God's goodness, He's made a way. God made a way. I love that about the good news. Is that we didn't have to make a way, right? But God, the God who, of justice, the God who there's a, deserves to be a penalty for our sin, He actually made a way. That's how good He is for us to escape that judgment, to have our sins forgiven, to spend eternity with Him. And that happened by Jesus. If you didn't know this, but Jesus came. He lived a perfect life without sin. He died on the cross for our place, took our sins, he rose from the dead, so he's not in the grave anymore, and then he ascended into heaven. Is that good news? <laughs> that is really good news. He provided a way for us as sinners to be forgiven, to be declared righteous, justified as though we had never sinned. And again, it's not by any good works that I do or that you do. We don't have to muscle up this goodness to try to get into heaven, but it's on the basis of the goodness of God displayed and demonstrated through our Lord Jesus Christ. Psalm 34, 8. Oh, taste and see. I love, don't you love this one? Oh, taste and taste and see. I love that. That what? That the Lord is good. How blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. So God is good. And now we have to take this to the next step. As God is good, we are good. I don't know about that one. <laughs> no. As God is good, we are good. Not that there's any good in us on our own, but again, in Christ, by God's Spirit, we are good. All because of Jesus, like the song that Mary sang. All because of Jesus. And the question to be asked this morning by all of us is this. Can, can that be said of me? Can it be said of me that Christ is so alive in me, working in me, that I can actually see His goodness on display in my life? 
and specifically that I can see it. Now, hopefully others can see it as well, but I really want you to think about this. Can you see God's goodness in your life? See His goodness. Because when you see His goodness in your life, your perspective on life changes. When you can trust verses like Romans 8.28, again, they make good bumper stickers. It's much harder to actually trust and have faith. That God causes all things for good for those of us who put our trust in Him. When you actually believe that, I'm not saying you don't have doubts and questions and worries and anxieties, but if you can say, even with all that, I'm going to trust this God, it changes your perspective on everything. It changes how you go through trials and hardships, through pain and suffering. We've all had tragedies of some sort. As people of faith, what do we do? We, we trust, even in the midst of the worst. We trust in the most... Difficult situations. What do we say? We say, God is good. Now, by the way, I think you've experienced this too. We look like fools in the eyes of the world. I remember when a young life leader, he was driving to the Camp Rock and he got in a car wreck and his kids died. And and, and my girlfriend's uh, sister at the time was saying, what God would allow that kind of thing to happen? I, I mean, I get that. In the eyes of the world, when we say God is good, we look like fools. But in every situation, we trust that God is good. I, I was singing in a wedding uh, about a month ago for my cousin. And then they asked me to be the MC and the DJ for the uh, reception. That's the second one I did this year. I, please do not ask me to be your MC or DJ. I'm terrible at it. But it's like, well, he preaches. You must be comfortable talking to people. But I just say awkward things the whole time. Don't ask me. But I was playing the little iPod, you know, for the dance floor. Um, Again, music, Nicki Minaj, like music I don't even listen to, and I'm like, anyways. But while I was there, my cousin came up to me, and we started talking. I haven't talked to this cousin in a long time. This cousin had three children who died in a fire. They died in a trailer. They were burned to death, and it was that cousin and another cousin, and he hit their three kids. So there's six kids in this trailer, and they were sleeping in there, and a fire caught, and they all died, all six of them. Those types of events, they kind of... Get us, don't they? I mean, they challenge our faith. They press up against what we believe about God. My brother-in-law, who's the best man at my wedding, I, I just love this guy. He's incredible. He's the uh, principal over at Dick Scobie Elementary. His brother died at the age of 15, and he died from a very painful condition that ended up taking his life. But it, it wasn't a quick death. It was a slow, slow death and painful death. Just miserable, suffering, crying out loud kind of death. It was hard. Jonathan Lee. You guys remember Jonathan Lee, a songwriter who's come and done a couple of worship nights for us. Um, just this week, his 81-year-old grandpa was driving uh, in his car and it went missing. And they found him later shot to death. Jonathan Lee's grandpa, just this week, shot to death. An awful tragedy. In those times, they challenge our belief in the goodness of God. In those moments, you have to wrestle with all of it. And by the way, I, I'm not a big fan of just people just throwing out, you know, Christian things and Christian bumper stickers, slogans in those times. There, I think it's appropriate for there to be tears in your eyes as you say, God is good. You know, let's not just start throwing band-aids on the, on the situation. Those are awful situations. But can we believe that God is good? Is God good? And for me, in my you know, a finite mind here, I have to go back to the Bible. 
I have to go back to the Scriptures. And that's what's really important for all of us. Do you believe in the Bible or not? That's a big question. If you don't, you've got to get to just pick and choose what you're going to believe. Make your own religion. But do you believe and trust in the Bible? Do you believe in what the Bible describes the Lord to be? That He is good and that His love endures forever. Do you put in your faith in the Bible and trust in Him where even Jesus says, there's only one who is good, my Father, who alone is good? Or do I toss it aside, make up my own beliefs or thoughts on who He is? And that's very real this morning. We all kind of dabble into that. Every one of us. I don't care who you are. We all kind of dabble into that. And, and this matters. Who you think God is, it matters. And this is why. Because what you think about the goodness of God, it will affect God's goodness shining in and through you. I hope you get that. Because we just talked about the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit having His way and the Holy Spirit is good and the good and He flows through you and the goodness of God flows through you. Well, if you don't believe that God is good, right? If, if God isn't good, how can God's goodness flow through you? And that's what we believe, that there's nothing good in me outside of God. And the only thing that is good in me is God. We just read all those scriptures. And it, but if God isn't good, how can God's goodness flow through me? And it really affects how you live your life. You probably don't even get it. You don't, probably don't even know, but the people around you do. I've seen this again and again in my friends and my family. Just people. And, and this is what happens. They just begin to look around. And they, believe, they just start to believe that God isn't good. And, and, it's, and it's honestly, it's just after they've been walking on this earth for a while, right? And you begin to look around. You start saying, how could a good God allow that? Or how could a good God allow this? I mean, look at the news. Look at the mess in this world. How could a good God do this? Tell me how God is good. And, and when you start believing that God isn't good, it affects you in a deeper way than you could ever imagine. You think it's just a statement. It is deeper. It affects the very goodness that was designed and destined to be expressed in and through you. It affects that. Well, no, it doesn't. Yes, it does. It happened to so many of my friends and my family. You slowly begin to drift away from the heart of God. Because remember, only God is good and only God's Spirit expressed inside of us and through us can produce that goodness. Remember, it's God's Spirit who produces the fruit, the fruit, part of the fruit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. Goodness in us. And believing that God is good all the time and all the time God is good, it's a huge step of faith. It's more than a bumper sticker. It's more than a slogan. It's a huge step of trust and faith. But if you cannot get to that place where you say God is good all the time, if you cannot, then it will always affect how you engage the world around you because the goodness of God flows through us. And if you can't believe that God is good all the time, it will affect the goodness that flows through you. When you deny His goodness, you are limiting the ability for His goodness to flow through you. I hope by the Holy Spirit this morning, I know He's here. It's just been an amazing time with the Lord. I hope that He might be able to illuminate that reality to you this morning. It is very serious. Very serious. I hope you understand that. God's goodness. Is God good? You've got to wrestle with that question. I'm not here to force you to believe one way or the other, but I would encourage you to wrestle with that. So be good. <laughs> like my mom would always say, Danny, be good. I know you have a good heart. She always talked about my heart. I think that's great. Talk to your kids about their heart. I mean, yeah, we all do stupid. I still do dumb things every day, but my heart is good. <laughs> Danny, be good, right? As God is good, you be good because the Holy Spirit dwells within you. 
It's been exciting and kind of fun to read the same passage over and over again. I've never done anything like that before, but I really felt like the Lord said this isn't just another series. This could be a foundational change for some of you. A foundational change. That this might be something that will change your life forever. And, I, and I'm believing that. And, and by the way, um, chapter 5 goes into chapter 6. You know, I'm always stopping at chapter 5. It actually goes into chapter 6. And if you didn't know this, did you guys know that the chapters and the verses came later? Like these weren't written with those chapters and verses? I actually didn't know that until uh, I was 24 years old. Before that, I thought they were just part of the thing. But they're not. I think 13th century, my class told me, was the chapters and 16th century was the verses. But anyway, so they came later. So you'd just be, if back in the day and you're reading this letter, you'd just keep on reading it. You, would, you wouldn't stop and, well, now we have read chapter 5, verses 13 through 26, and now let's talk about it. No, you'd keep on reading. And as I kept on reading, I was like, whoa. Like it, with this idea of goodness, I, I was just kind of like, Wow. And so I want to read it again. This time I'm not going to stop. I'm going to keep on reading through chapter 6. And I want you to just look for God's goodness in all of it. And, and two things. God's goodness, but also the goodness that we are to display. And the, the goodness that we're to, to display that can only happen because of God and His goodness. So listen to this. It's quite overwhelming, by the way. For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters. But don't use your freedom to satisfy the sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. But if you are always biting and devouring one another, watch out. Beware of destroying one another. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting with each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality... Impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry. Don't you just love this list? Sorcery, hostility, quarreling, oh, jealousy, ah, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like this. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Verse 22, but the Holy Spirit produces, let's read it again, this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. Is there a law against those things? Yeah, right? I mean, it's obvious. Like, duh. Those who belong to Jesus Christ have nailed the passion and desires of their sinful nature to the cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous by one another. Dear brothers and sisters, if any, if another believer is overcome by sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path and be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. Share each other's burdens. Oh, that's good. In the same way, obey the law of Christ. If you think you are too important to help someone, you are only fooling yourself. You're not that important. Yes, I love that's in the Bible. That is awesome. If you think you're too important to help someone, you're only fooling yourself. You're not that important. <laughs> Tattoo that one. Pay careful attention to your own work. For then you will get the satisfaction of a job well done. And you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else. For we are each responsible for our own conduct. 
Those who are taught the Word of God should provide for their teachers, sharing all good things with them. Don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially to those in the family of faith. That's really good. Though, by the way, whenever I talk about destruction and rubble, that when I live in the flesh, it's nothing but destruction and rubble. That's where this comes from. Verse 8. And I think about this in my own life. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. So the idea is it's coming from God. It's God's Spirit flowing through us. God and who He is, the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. So don't get tired of doing that. Keep it going. Come on, you got it. The Spirit's going to give you what you need to live the godly life. Second Peter 1.3 tells you that. So do it. Do what God has called you to do. Do the good that God has prepared in advance for you to do. And just at the right time, you're going to reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone. Again, not a good, just like, oh, I probably should do good. Or I probably should do. No, like the Spirit is in you and the Spirit is flowing through you. And you believe God is good all the time. God is good. And so God's goodness flows in you and through you. And you're like, you know what, God? You have put me in this situation to be good to this person. Let's go ahead and do it. Every opportunity I have to do it, let's go ahead and be good. And then it says, especially to those in the family of faith. So in this place, there should be a lot of goodness going on. And there's so many examples in our church of this kind of thing going on. I, I love live stream because of this. And, and some of you would just say, yeah, you know, I, 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 yeah, I'm not even going to share some of the things that I want to share. because I don't have time, but just there is some goodness going on in this church. And, and the great thing about sharing, and I want to highlight a couple. And the reason I want to do this, the good thing about sharing is because when I'm talking about the goodness in Alex or the goodness in Jason, or the goodness in Colby or the goodness in Lucinda, I'm not just talking about like, yeah, they're a good person. I'm talking about Jesus, right? So I'm actually giving a testimony of who Jesus is as I talk about the goodness that's in Jason. Because I know the goodness comes from who? It comes from God. The goodness flows in and through Jason. And so when I say how good Jason is, I'm not, it's just not like, yeah, he's just this amazing person that was born out of the womb. Like, oh, no, I'm talking about Jesus. So we share and, and I'm going to share about a couple in our church, but then I'd love it if you'd be willing to share about each other. We'll just spend about five, ten minutes sharing about the goodness that we see in each other. So just start beginning to thinking about that. And again, it's a statement, a declaration that God is producing fruit in that person. God's goodness is on display in their life. For instance, I've been seeing my wife working her little tail off to get the kids ready for school this year. If you're a mom in this place or maybe a dad, I don't know who does the roles there, but it's pretty intense, isn't it? But she's been very patient with my kids. And have you hung out with my kids? They're great. They're loving. But my two little girls, they're really loud and they cry a lot. And, and my wife is just so patient with little Ava, precious Ava, precious Addie. My wife is patient. That is the goodness of God. In the natural, they just go in the closet. But in the supernatural, my wife loves them. I, I heard about one of you this past week. I'm not going to mention your name because I don't want you to get fired, but you had a coworker who was injured. You asked just this week that this happened. You asked if you could pray for that person. And the next day, the person was pain free, healed in the name of Jesus. You listened to the Holy Spirit's prompting. He was leading you to pray for that person because the Holy Spirit was alive in you. God's goodness resided in you. You expressed that goodness by praying for that person. 
So I want to kick it off by talking about Mike and Michelle Zimney. Uh, Mike and Michelle Zimney, if you guys would actually come up here. Uh, I know that, I know, awkward, but you got to do it because you're here. I would have talked about you even if you weren't here, but you're here, so you get to come up. So here's the deal. They remodeled the room at Mission Woods Church. And that room is now used almost every single day of the week. And it's used morning and it's used night. It's amazing. Ministry has just taken off. Or the other room we had, we used like once, maybe every two months. This room literally is being used almost every day. It's amazing. But I wanted you to see some before, after pictures. So here's before. So that's my office before. And that was carpet, by the way. There's some beautiful things there. And there, there's that. Kind of nice. Oh, that's neat. That's cool. Okay, so that's what it was. And there was this congregation of unwanted sofas, like the island of lost sofas was right here. So here's after. Boom. 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 There it is. There it is. Three points right there. That's beautiful. Look at that. Nice. That's my office. They redid that. <laughs> that cabinet and there's my desk that's look at that are you kidding me can you give it up for them and the goodness of god is displayed in this couple not just because they did all that but how they did it they never complained never asked for any recognition never wanted to be up here never got a penny from me nothing for that nothing nothing it's like Dave Lloydhammer built my office. None of them held it over my head. You know, none of them were like, boy, you know, sure are lucky to have me in your life, huh? Sure, sure neat that we come to you, church. Never. You never, I mean, you never did that. Goodness of God shining all through you. You just did it. Just love that. You just did it. I said, hey, I was thinking about this and I was wondering if maybe you guys, yeah, sure, we'll do it. And what's great about that is the goodness of God Shining in you and through you. The goodness of God. Goodness of God. Goodness of God. You know what I do when I go into that place? This is how I know it's the goodness. When I go in that place, I go, man, God, you are good. See, that's what's crazy about it. Is I give God all the praise and all the glory for what is in that room. Because I know it's God. I know it's God in you. And so we have a gift. <laughs> Thank you so much for all that you've done for us. Will you just... Thank them one more time. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. All right, so I'm going to get Mike. Somebody else, just share. We're gonna, we got about seven minutes here before service is over. Something that you see in somebody else. The goodness of God. In the 1920s, we'd be calling this testimony time. Testimony. Testify. Yeah. Is this about meetings? Oh, shit. Um, every day I do things here, I see the goodness in lots of people. And I just want to recognize a couple because I get overwhelmed a lot of times by all that needs to be done. And it's just, there's always someone who's stepping up and helping out, like putting up that big old tent and taking down <laughs> that big old tent. Um, but I just want to give a couple examples because I could talk for a long time, but just a real simple one. Just these three men sitting right here, two young men and one a little bit older. (laughs) 
So on Friends Day, we're, we're putting stuff away, and these two guys, you know, they're working with Mike, and they're just working, and work. they should probably spend an hour helping put stuff away, you know, just, it would have been, you know, easy just to, you know, we, we had fun with the things, and we're going home, but they stayed and helped, and that was often, you know, just awesome for them to do that. And then there's a lady sitting right over there who, you know, I never have to ask. She just sees things that need to be done and does it. You know, Jody just helps me all the time. Mm, and I just, uh, and so many of you guys do that. And I just appreciate that so much. Amen. And um, one last person, Jim, did set up for me for yep. a year. And I just appreciate that so much. Um, Amen. So I thank God all the time for the goodness displayed through people good. like that. So good. Well, I'd like to I'd like to talk about Kent. The first day I was here, he was busy. He's been busy every day, he's still busy today. <laughs> There's been times when we took some time off. Not him. Maybe a couple times, but that's about it. We had this appreciation dinner. And who was the one that was doing most of the work at the appreciation dinner? The one who does most of the work all the time. Mm. Kent. Amen. I really appreciate him. That's so good. Amen. So good. It's a really, I don't know, children's, taking care of the children is a very loving thing to do, and I really appreciate the people who take charge of that and jump into that and do what they do. Yeah. Parents are wonderful. Yeah. Amen. And Kent, yes. Yep. <laughs> Amen. So, true, Jody, I, I think about... I have kids in kids ministry and the people that are going to be speaking to my kids, I want them to love Jesus. I want them to walk with Jesus. And and we do have so many, just every one of them, people that love Jesus and are walking with Jesus. Amen. You know, I think we could probably say something about every single person in this room. But I just think of Alex, um, that he comes here from another place to help us in our worship and the fact that the goodness of God comes through you to give of yourself and your time um, and you don't get recognized for that but thank you I appreciate that that's right amen amen I could also um well, everybody. Yeah. And that's what right. I love. I love, I work in the North End of Tacoma at a couple of restaurants, and I love it when I get to speak to people and, and tell them what an amazing church I have, what yeah. an amazing pastor I have. And I mean, I literally tear up at the table. And they do too, because they can sense just that reality that, you know, that spirit that's coming through. And I believe that 
you know, just goodness flows through and through and through and through this church and out the doors of this church and into the communities of Edgewood and Puyallup and Federal Way because of the leadership and just all the people that come through these doors and just say, wow, wow, now this is church. Amen. Yeah. Well, you know, you can, there's a goodness that's kind of like, you don't even have to talk about Jesus and you can try to like just do good things, you know? But what I love about the community that God has placed me in here is that the goodness I see really is, it's a goodness from His Spirit. There's such an opening, openness to the people here to allow the Holy Spirit to move in their lives that when I see, yeah, the different people, like even how you bless people as a waitress and it's the goodness that comes from the Lord and, and I've really enjoyed, that's one of the things I love about life. It would really be hard to get me away from here yeah. because I just enjoy so much the, the openness to God shining in and through you. And I think that's kind of what you're talking about. Amen. We have time for one more, and then uh, we'll close the service. Yeah, you you bet. Yeah. I don't I don't uh, acknowledge you enough, but if you I live I I live with you, but (laughs) if living with him just it shows me how hard he works. Like if you see him like a couple days before church, he's in his office working his tail off just to get this sermon done just before church so he can give it to you guys. And I don't, I don't acknowledge him enough, and I should, but I just want to say thank you. <laughs> Thanks, son. <laughs> wow. Oh, you want some ice cream? <laughs> Oh, man, would you guys stand with us? If there's anyone in this room that doesn't know Jesus and doesn't know the Lord, um, I'd never want this to be a place where, you know, I want this to be a safe place for you that you could come, and hopefully we're showing love to you. Um, But I do want, I really do want you to know Jesus. Um, I really do want you to know His saving grace. His love and, uh, and His goodness. And if you're trying to do good things to get to God, if you're trying to do good things to show your worth, you know, or try to get to heaven or get some badges, you can just stop in the name of Jesus. He doesn't need it. He doesn't need it. The church doesn't need it. If you're just doing good things to do good things, stop. Make room for God's goodness to flow in you and through you. And as His goodness comes alive in you, He'll begin to open your eyes to the good that He has called you to do. And that's when a body truly comes alive and becomes a healthy congregation. So Lord, bless these people. Bless them, Lord, richly. Bless them, God. Bless them, God. Bless them, Lord. Encourage them, Lord. Speak to them. And Lord, may just the Spirit begin to flow in their lives. May there be just walls that would break and, and, and barriers and dams that would just begin to corrode away. And your Spirit would flow. Amen.